0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 48 of the Crochet Circle podcast. This one is called Barking Up the Right Tree. Um, and that's a reference to the bark sweater that I have started and I'm loving and will be showing off in On Roots. Hello! I hope you're all well, I am waving at you. Um yeah, I hope you're all doing great and that you've had a be October it's November in two days I'm recording on the Wednesday the 30th of October so bizarre that it's Halloween tomorrow and then the next day is the 1st of November where has 2019 gone to? where is my life going to? it is just like whizzing past Um, yeah it was January yesterday it was January yesterday and now it's not It's about to be November. On the upside. My life is full of really good stuff. And. uh, Like. I I, I live a really lovely life. So. It's not like I have bad things to complain about. That are making my life worse by. It's because it's all so good and exciting. So. I've got a hot drink. Because it's flaming freezing outside of my studio. Um, And. It's a. Yeah, it's a nice hot drink that's keeping me very nice and warm, as is one of my finished objects that I am wearing today, which I will talk about in Final Destination. But before we get to that, let me tell you what I've got in the rest of the show. I want to cover off a piece that I was working on about um crojo, so your crafting or crochet mojo, um, what to do when you lose it and reasons why people lose their crojo. Um, I'm also going to go through the Whip 2019 Cal and final destinations because I have finished objects. On um, routes I'm on, quick news beats, big up, and J'adore. Before I start properly, a little bit of Podmin. Um, I do really good, full, comprehensive show notes with all of the links. They are available at www.thecrochicircle.podbean.com. So everything that I reference within this episode and every other episode has got full show notes um to it. So if you want to quickly go and find something that I'm talking about or showing off in the podcast, that is the place to go to. Within those show notes, I also add loads of photos. If you are listening on audio with the still ever burgeoning numbers, hello to all of you new audio folk again, because you're just... Um, I'm really surprised every time I go into Podbean and see how many people are listening to the podcast as well. So, hello to you. And um, I always add photos into the show notes as well, so you can get an idea of color beyond what I'm trying to describe. Um, in an audiovisual way, I also try to take really true to form colors, so you can get all of that detail. And if you are sight impaired, I also add alt text to all of those photos. Within um, the the show notes as well. So I'm trying to give as much information as I possibly can. Um, so that is all there. If you want to follow me on Instagram. I am crochet underscore circle underscore podcast. I'm also Faye DH Designs. Um, that's my design end. And the shop end is currently. And I say currently because I have news coming on that. Um, is at Knit It Hook It. Um, and I'm actually going to change the name of my company on the 1st of January 2020. And it's going to become um, something completely different. Same shop, but I'm just giving it a new name that I think better reflects what it is that I do, my environmental principles. So um, it's going to become the Provenance Craft Company. It's all very exciting. So that's that's coming. So you'll hear me start to shift change from knit it who could craft it to provenance craft go um where else am i i think that's about it many of you already know there's a um an audio element to the podcast and there's also a video element to the podcast because as much as you, some of you that are watching me will go oh she does it on audio as well i have people that only listen on audio and go oh you do a video podcast as well and it is literally the same content I just strip out the audio file and that's what goes online unless, like, there are usually bloopers at the end. If those bloopers only make sense on a visual basis, then I strip them out and they don't go into the audio and the audio file. So sometimes there'll be a slight difference, but other than that, exactly the same content goes out. So, whether you're audio or video, hello and welcome into my little podcast. Um right i think that's it for little pod mini bits other than to say, if you wanted to support the podcast i also have a coffee account um and you can buy me a coffee if that's something that you wanted to do if that's not something that's possible for you other ways that you can support my podcast and my other fellow podcasters hit the like button, leave a comment, share, let other people know about um the podcasts that are your favourites because it all helps with algorithm, algorithms and it also just gives a little bit of love back to the people that podcast. It's no small undertaking to do what we do and we do it generally, I think most people do it for the love of their craft and the love of the community. That's certainly what spurs me on um, and so just Showing your, your fellow crafters that little bit of love makes a massive, massive difference. So thank you to everyone that does it. If it's not something that you've done before and you can, please, just, please take a couple of seconds out. Hit the like button. Like I say, um, don't even do it for me. Do it for my fellow podcasters. Um, it's just really, it gives us all a little bit of a G up. And it, it's a little bit of your time and it costs nothing. That's all it is. So yeah. Show the love, thank you. That sounded a bit like show the love. I don't mean it like it's not like show the love, it's more like please show the love if you can. <laughs> right? Oh, shut up now. <laughs> Let's talk crowjo. You may or may not know what this refers to, but basically, crowjo is when you, or losing your crowjo is something that people talk about quite a bit. And it basically means that you fall out of love with the craft. And it could be, I'm saying crow but it could be any craft. It could be sewing, it could be knitting. Lots of people have peaks and troughs in their making life. And there could be lots of reasons as to why it is that you stop doing that craft that you were so in love with. And I was interested to see, well I had a theory of what I think was one of the biggest influences So I popped a little question out on Instagram um, and asked people to give me their experiences of having lost their kind of love of crocheting and how they got it back or what they did to try and get it back. And thank you so much. I had so many lovely comments. Um, The Crochet Clan really came good and gave me lots of detailed information. It was very helpful um, to be able to come and pull this together into a bigger piece. So the theory that I had is that one of the reasons that people lose their kind of notion towards crocheting is because they put a lot of pressure on themselves at certain times of the year to deliver lots of presents and I think there are two really clear times of that year one is Christmas time and the other is maybe if you've got smaller children making presents for teachers I know that coming up to end of summer term in particular I've got lots of friends on Instagram that are making bits and pieces for um, their children's teachers and I know that it plows a lot of pressure on people so I thought well that's just one kind of strata that's one strata of people. So there must be more reasons for people losing their um their crudio. So um what I want to do is pull out some of the ones that were most prominent. What I have done is taken all of your answers and compiled a bigger blog post, which I've linked to in the show notes. But here are some of the main reasons that um, people were losing their need and want to crochet or craft um, so the first up is that their current skill levels don't match what where they want it to be doesn't match the finished object it, it doesn't look like they had that expectation in their minds and it just stops them from tackling the next level of patterns so basically there's a skill gap between where they want to be and where they currently are and they want to be further in that journey more quickly Um, Deadline crocheting, like I just mentioned so particularly around Christmas or doing the teacher presents in the summer months, which is a good call because it's either too hot or you're off doing other things because it's lovely and warm and there's lots of daylight to be had so maybe sat in the house crocheting isn't the thing for you Um, Too many whips and finding the pressure of having loads of things kind of piling up on you um, was another quite popular one There's also... Big life changes, so births, deaths, weddings, house moves, relationship issues, maybe relationship breakdowns, um, moving country, all sorts of reasons and just other things that have to come to the fore and crafting just gets knocked down the, the pecking order of life. Um, projects that are in the naughty corner because they need to be fixed. There are long boring sections in them. Or the project overall just feels like a chore. You're not enjoying it. Um, And this one relates to the first one. But being new to the craft. And not yet knowing what you like to make. um, And I definitely suffered from this at the beginning. I wanted to learn all the things. But in trying to learn all the things. What I was actually doing was working out a lot of the things that I don't enjoy crocheting. Um, And I remember that utter frustration of going, oh, I don't like this. And then feeling like maybe I had to finish it when I didn't, so it just went into a pile because I wasn't enjoying it that much. So, because the Crochet Clan is lovely, what they also came back to me with on Instagram were ways that they've got around their um, loss of Crojo And... Um, some of the suggestions, and these are suggestions that people have used to get their crojo back, or would use if they ever lost their crojo. So, um, one of the suggestions was if you're in, on Instagram, look up some of the related hashtags, um, because that way you can get inspiration from loads of different projects and stuff that you might not see otherwise. Um, one of the things that I quite like doing is using, um, like different hashtags using the word crochet in different languages so you can use hacken or Hackel and that will give you some different um, kind of sets of people to follow some different ideas on crochet and what I've done within the blog post is added some suggested hashtags that you might want to start following so you can see some different types of crochet coming through Um, what else was there Choose a really quick project that you can finish in one sitting. Um, And I cannot stress this enough. The dopamine hit that you get from starting something and finishing it really quickly is immense. It makes you feel so much better about your crafting, particularly if you've got a really long project on the go as well. And if that does feel like a slog, then having a little side project that you can do ...really quickly, let's say a couple of hours or within a weekend... ...has such a great positive effect on you... Um, it's, really, ...it's really worthwhile. If you're stuck and you've got a loss of crojo, try that. Or if you've got something that's languishing... ...just try hopping onto another project that's going to be quick to do. And it doesn't have to be another crochet project. Um, sometimes it can just be trying out a different craft... Or going to a different craft just to get your creativity going again. Um, I really love this suggestion which is go back and look at your project pages on Ravelry. Go back and see how skilled you are. How many beautiful projects you've already made. If you're not on Ravelry, go to your wardrobe and pull out all of your handmade items. I'll bet you there are things in there that you have forgotten about. And look back over and you'll have like that lovely evolution of your crafting. So you'll be able to see where you were at the beginning and where you're at now. And guarantee your skills will have developed hugely over that time frame. And you've got things that you're really proud of because they were the first things you've made. And things that you're really proud of because they're things that you've made recently. But it's really positive to go back and look at what you've made in the past. Because it really shows how your craft has come on. Um, one of the other suggestions was to have a selection of whips. So one for quieter times when they need a bit more concentration. So for me that would be like doing a lace project where it's different every single row and you can't just get into a routine of doing it. Um, have one for when you're watching TV or reading I you one of these kind of special people that can read and crochet at the same time I cannot for the life of me but some people can do it um, but have another project for that which is a little more um repeatable that would be helpful and then also have one that will just fly off your hook A really quick once so you've always got that kind of that dopamine hit coming through and the final one is just do a couple of rows just do a couple of stitches as if, if that's all it is that's still a couple more stitches than you had earlier on. Just enough to just start getting your eye back in with it. And feeling that happiness to be crocheting and crafting again. And quite importantly, spending a little bit of time on yourself. And um, I, th- I think that's really important to have downtime. And to spend time on you and your own health and well-being. Um, I think there's an awful lot to be said for it. So, like I say, there's a bigger piece, which is a bigger blog post, which is linked to in the show notes. Um, I think what I'll also do is add the link in the drop-down box. So if you don't want to go to the show notes to grab it, you can go straight from the link in the drop box. Um, because one of the other things that I talk about within that. Is um, what, I, what I've termed my worthy decision ladder. So if you're one of the people that gets really kind of full on stressed about making things for lots of people, especially at this time of year and the lead up to Christmas, like without wishing to tell you what to do, honestly think long and hard about who the recipients are and whether they are worthy. ...of the time and effort that you're going to put into it... ...and the resources that you're giving up to, to make something for them. I There's a reason that I'm really strict with the people that I will make for now. And that's because I have passed over too many projects... ...for somebody to just go, oh thanks. Because they do not understand the time and effort... ...and kind of just general love that has been poured into making something for them... Um, And that just, it's heartbreaking when that happens. I remember I made a a cowl, a knitted lace cowl for my sister. It took a long time and I used really nice wool for it. And I gave it to her for a birthday present. We were out for a meal and she just went, oh, thanks. She's like, you may get like my dinner in your lap. And then I went and met her for coffee about four or five weeks later. And I was working on something for somebody else. And she went, oh, I really like that yarn. i tell you what I would like for you to make for me. Which basically says in one foul swoop, I didn't like what you did make for me. But this is what I would like you to make for me. And I made it for her and that was it. (laughs) I'll never make her anything ever again because she doesn't get it. It's wasted time and effort. So if you are doing loads and loads of Christmas makes for people... I thoroughly encourage you to make sure that there are people that are actually going to be good recipients about it. And understand how much time and effort you've put into it. There's nothing worse than an unworthy person getting your time and effort. Save it for the good ones, to be honest. Right. That's it on Crojo. Up to Cal Updates. ...and the Whip Rip 2019. So many of you are getting behind this... Um, ...and using it as a really lovely... ...kind of community minded way of... ...getting your whips out... ...assessing them... ...frogging... ...there's been a lot of frogging going on... ...and people looking at um, all of their whips and going... no, nope, there's a reason why this has been sat in the corner... ...I've fallen out of love with it... ...the stitch pattern wasn't right... Um, ...the fit isn't right... ...all sorts of reasons... All sorts of frogging going on. And um, loads of people that are finishing up items as well. It's open to all crafts. And you have got until the end of December, midnight, wherever you are in the world, to get it into the FO thread. So there's a chatter thread on Ravelry, Which is in Sophie's um, group, which is a Spring Snowflake podcast. I have got the FO thread in mine, which is called the Crochet Circle Podcast Group. And you can also use Instagram. And if you pop in the hashtag whiprip2019, then lots of us will see it. And if you've got a finished object, then you use whiprip2019FO. And then we'll see all the finished objects coming through as well. So many of you. I went into the chatter thread yesterday and I thought... I'll just dip in and spend like maybe 10 minutes responding to people. I think it was two hours later that I finally got out of that chatter thread. Having um caught up with everybody and answered questions. And just like generally being part of the group. Um. So yeah, it's really lovely to have you all in there. Thank you. And it's not too late to start. And one of the questions that somebody asked was. Does it matter how old the project is? no." Nope. It can be a 50 year old project, I don't care. It can be two days old, don't care. Sophie doesn't care either. Just use it as a means for getting projects done. I'm even adding future projects into there. Like for all I have just talked about, uh, not making things for people for Christmas, I have got two little boys in my life that are also, oh also oh craft worthy, that love it when I make them things. And so I've got future projects for them that are going into my whip rip because I have to get them done by the end of the year um, ready for Christmas for them So, very loose terms and conditions for whip trip 2019 basically come and craft with this and get your whips done let's move on to final destination I have got two things to show you the first is, I may not have mentioned I'm going to Iceland Oh excited. I'm going to Iceland with my dad in about ten days' time. That's a bit scary. I've got quite a lot to do before then. And um it's snowing hard where we are going to. So we are flying into Keflavik, which is the main airport, and we are heading straight to the east of the country, southeast, and then we're going up the east coast and doing a bit of the northeast as well. There's a lot of snow over there already and um, my dad has got a webcam site that he looks at all the time and I'm getting constant messages from him saying still snowing it's still snowing it's still snowing because he's so excited he likes really like me he likes cold weather as long as he's dressed appropriately and um, he likes it when there's snow and like right, you're battling against the elements so Getting ready for Iceland. I have got loads and loads of hats. And I do actually have one that I also want to make. Before before I go to Iceland. But I only have a couple of. Headbands. um, That I like to wear. I've got more than a couple. But I find some of them are a bit tight. Or a bit itchy. Especially um, like the more. Shop bought ones that I've had. Because they're not fitted to my head. So last night. I quickly whipped up. A headband for me to take out to Iceland. Now, this pattern is by Amy who is Hook for Love on Instagram. I went foraging in Ravelry last night for um, a pattern for a headband, and Amy's was the first one that came up and was like excellent because I had just added Amy a couple of weeks back into the um, BIPOC designer, a crochet designer list that I've got on the website. Um, so it was really nice that there she was. It was a new to me crochet designer and um, there she was because of pulling the list t- together. So I was like right I will make Amy's and show some support her way. So um, it's a really simple headband to make. The pattern is free of charge. You can get it from Ravelry and you can also get it direct from Amy's website. I've provided links into both and um, yeah, it was really quick because it's an Aran weight yarn that I've used and a 6 millimeter hook so the Aran weight that I've used is a British wool by a company called Brigantia Brigantia Luxury Wool they're called Um. now sadly you can no longer get Brigantia wool and this has been in my stash since... When I was pulling together the designs for the Take Two collection, this was one of the yarns I was looking to work with and it was just too heavy an iron weight. Um, And so I swapped it out for another yarn. But meanwhile, I'd still built up quite a bit of brigandia for my stash. So whilst I don't know what the blend is, it's a really sturdy wool. It's got a nice high twist on it. And the colour that I'm using is like quite a deep um, scarlet kind of cranberry red. Which is an unusual colour for me to choose. But actually I really quite like it. I'm very pale. For those of you on audio, I am what we would call in Scotland, Peelawalli. So my skin is almost translucent. <laughs> like my veins pop out because, yeah, I'm just, I'm very, very pale skinned. Um and I'd never I never really add red into my wardrobe because I don't think I can do it. But this kind of dark red which has got elements of brown in, actually I can do because my hair is brown, my eyes are blue, um and like I say my skin is very pale, but this kind of red I can just about get away with without completely washing out my face. So Really simple headband, really quick to make up and in a colour that I like. I think the only change that I'm going to do to this is that when I was at Yarn Deal last month, well, that was last month I managed to pick up some um, remnants of woven cashmere and it's so beautiful and soft. And I said in the podcast last time that I will most likely use this for lining um, hats and inside mittens. And what I'm actually going to do is line my headband with the cashmere. So it's really luxurious, but it just gives me another layer of warmth um, over my ears. Um, So one of the reasons I want headbands is because I don't always want to wear hats. I run quite warm generally. And if my head is warm, I just get really irritable and a bit narky. But with a headband, my ears stay warm. The base of my neck stays warm and I'm far less irritable and in case you're wondering how I'm going to wear it I can tell you now what I'm not going to do is put it straight over my head because what you always get with that is you either look like a hippie with a bandana on or you get mushroom head and your hair just kind of floats above the headband and it is just not attractive Um, so the other way I might wear it is to push all of my hair up and over it and then pull the band over Which is alright, but again, I feel like something out of a famous five novel. Not my thing. Um, So I think the reality is that what I'm actually going to do and wear it, and this is how I've worn my other ones, up and over my head, ponytail or messy bun. And I'm definitely going to benefit from having a lining in this. Basically, my ears stick out quite a lot, so anything that I need to do to keep my ears in, and um like have extra warmth round there is a really good thing and the headband comes down to just under where the collar of my outdoor coat will be so it should be nice and toasty and i can still wear my sunglasses with them as well so that was a very quick um make finished object i like the detailing that it's got on it with some um slip stitches that you do in black back loop only So that actually it squishes in a little bit in the middle. The bit that would be up at your head. So you don't have a massive wedge of um, wool coming down your forehead. And this was just 35 grams. And I think it was no more than two hours to make this up last night and this morning. And yeah. That was it. It was done. Nice and easy make. And used up more of my stash which is good. I think I might have enough for a little cowl. For the rest of this yarn I might also have some in green and black as well and grey so I have enough colours to go at if I want to do more Um, that was Final Destiny oh the other one I'm wearing it Aha! is my well it's called the Maya shawl Mine looks very different from most people's. Most of the other ones that have been made are in beautiful, delicate pastel colours and mine is dark storm grey with quite a vibrant um, teal turquoise. Colour, which is what I wanted I'm not really a pastel girl this is far more my jam and this one although it's the Maya shawl I have called it my Slithermort shawl because I need to get it photographed and popped up on Instagram and entered into Clarissabeth from the Crochet Cakes um oh come on brain I've just forgotten what it's called I need to get it popped up onto Um, Instagram or onto Ravelry because I'm entering it into Beth's mischief-managed make-along and I've got until tomorrow to do that because the deadline is the 31st of October so yes, this is my kind of Harry Potter-inspired shawl. Now, if you know this shawl, the designer is Helder um, Penagare and it's a lot smaller. The, the version that you might have seen in Inside Crochet is a lot smaller. But I'm not exactly a small person. You know, I've got quite wide shoulders on me. I'm not, I'm not totty. And so I need to build a lot more width into my shawls. So i mucked about a little bit with the, the number of rows for each of the two colours and did more rows per colour so it starts off it's a triangular shawl and it starts off with a mohair which is a proper lace weight which is coming in at 250 meters per 25 grams that was fun to work with I thought maybe lace weight was okay no nope. I just remembered I don't like lace weight it sucks um and then move into a it's called a Yak Skinny Single Ply, which is pie Cosmic Strings. So by single ply, what that means is that it's just one. It's almost like roving. It's not plied two strands together. It is just one strand that's got a twist on it. And that is the turquoise colour. So it is just simple. Two rows of that, four rows of the grey mohair, two rows of the turquoise, four rows of the grey mohair. And because the weights are different, so the grey is the lace weight and the turquoise is a four-ply, because of the weight difference, when I've had four rows of the mohair, it's almost matched the depth of the four-ply. So it's just ever so slightly deeper, but really not by much. So I have done, for each of the colours in the shawl, I have got 25 Um, section repeats of each of them going up in striping and then the other thing that I did was I really aggressively blocked this so I pulled it out a lot and it's now, I think my wingspan is about 170, something like that so it's a decent sized shawl now and I was trying to block width rather than depth into it but if you are interested in making this shawl I've added notes Into my project page on Ravelry. So you can go and see. um, What it is that I've done. And what changes I've made to it. The main thing is. This is lovely and light. Because I think it's only got about. 60 grams of the four ply. The yak single in it. The turquoise one. And then 50 grams of the mohair. So it's lovely and warm. Because of the types of yarn that it is. But actually it's really light. So. Um, it's a perfect travel one actually it's really nice around my neck it doesn't feel itchy at all I mean that's all relative isn't it because I don't feel itch like other people do Um, but it's lovely and light, I love the colours it will go with my navy winter jacket and my black winter jacket and I just really really quite like it and it does feel quite I think Slithermort is a good name for it It feels quite dark and foreboding. Which I like. Like I said I'm not a pastel girl. I'm quite at home with. uh, Darker colours. So. I will add some finished object. um, Photos to this. But my plan is to go and photograph it. Out in Iceland. One of the locations we're going to. Is called Diamond Beach. And it's where the. Glacier's break off and basically with the glacial melt you get huge chunks of ice on the beaches and the beaches in iceland are black they're not sand they're basically um lava so all of the beaches are black though it's very odd the first time you see them and then you get used to it so if you imagine huge great big ice cubes of glacier with that gorgeous bluey turquoisey tone, on a black beach with foreboding weather in the background and black cliffs, that sounds like a very stunning location to take some photos of Hilda's Maya shawl or my version thereof, and the Slythermort photos. So, rather than spend time photographing it over here, I'm going to wait and photograph it on Diamond Beach in. Iceland, because I just think the setting is just perfection for this shawl. So keep a little lookout for that. Um, If you're on Instagram, you're interested in seeing how, um, you know, what Iceland looks like, what it's got to offer, then follow me because I'll be putting loads of stuff up on stories and also on the grid. I spoke to my dad and said, "Are you just are you prepared for how many photo shoots you're going to have to do with me in crocheted things? Like, are you actually ready for how many times you're going to have to stop and take photos?" He was like, "Yeah, whatever, whatever makes you happy, basically." So there will be lots and lots and lots of bits and pieces, um. But my intention is to have a thing every day with places you can crochet and to go and find some really unusual. Places in Iceland that I can show off and be crocheting in. Oh, I'm not sure I a told you I'm going to Iceland. I mean, I'm not that excited about it. I am. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So there are my two finished objects. Feels rather good to have this one off my hook and have it ready to go. Let's have a look at on roots. So, I only have one crocheted whip at the moment. I do have another one that I need to pull out for the whip rip. I'll talk to you about that next month because once I finish this one, that's the one that I'm going to next. And it's a bit of a nonshot pass. I'm not allowed to start anything new crocheted until I've then finished those two things. So, the big thing that I'm working on at the moment is my bark sweater. I've been waiting to get this on my hooks since I started talking about designs for Perth Festival of Yarn. And I'm really enjoying this. I started this on Sunday. It's now Wednesday. And I think I'm about 25% through this jumper. And I really love it. I love the detailing in it. So if you're not familiar with the Bark Sweater, it's a really... It looks more intricate than it is so it's a really lovely simple design and it basically makes use of um, front post treble crochets, UK terminology double crochets US and chains to create a lot of relief in the finished fabric. So the chains sit at the back and the front post trebles sit at the front so you get this lovely texture in the fabrics that you're creating and I love it and I loved it the minute I clapped eyes on it and I'm loving making it now what I would say is if you're interested in making this jumper it's not size inclusive it has a size small and a size large but I think in general it's meant to be made as a slightly oversized jumper that doesn't really do me any favors so I need I'm trying to create a jumper that is well-fitted but not so well-fitted over my chest that it pulls these chains out which make the bark pattern. It's almost like an ovate leaf pattern. I don't want them to be pulling out and be really obvious as the jumper is sat across my bust. I just don't think that would look good. So I've been trying to do a couple of things to counteract that. One is to make my chains really tight when I make them. So that there is very little give in them. And the other thing that I did was I changed up the number that I um, started with. So my starting chain was different. So, again, what I'm doing is if you're interested in making this jumper, I'm adding really comprehensive notes on the changes that I'm making and how I think you could make different sizes by changing your starting chain numbers. So if you need a bit of guidance, then feel free to ask me questions, bearing in mind I've got limited time, but do go and have a look at the show notes. Don't look yet, because I had written loads and loads and loads, and then my computer deleted it all, and I had a big huff about an hour ago, and left a message on my Ravelry project page saying I typed loads of stuff it disappeared I'm in a huff this is the stuff that I will be telling you about and that I need to remind myself to talk about the jumper so when I've got over losing all of that information I will go back in and retype it all out um yeah it's a really lovely project and I'm enjoying it a lot and uh, I might even have this done for this weekend. That's how quick it is. I'm already. I think I've got about 50 grams left in that. So I'm already. About. 200. Uh, no maybe about 170 grams in. And I think it's going to take somewhere. Between five and 600 grams. To make this jumper. Um, I love it. The wool that I have chosen. Is a blend. It is 80% Romney and 20% cordial, and it's from John Arban Textiles. And I got my first little batch of these skeins when I was up at Edinburgh Yarn Festival this year. So that feels really good, that for once I'm actually pretty much straight away working on yarn that I've got in this year. It's undyed, so it's a natural, fawny brown with a slight grey tendency to it. So it, it is brown, but... It's a it's got a greyish element and a creaminess to it as well, and it's interesting to work with. Like it's got bounce and boing to it, and it's soft and it's got flyaway fibers, and the twist is nice and you can feel the sheep in it. It's everything that a merino nylon eighty twenty mix is not. Like this is interesting to work with. There's something about this. It smells nice and sweet sheepy. And it just is leading to this lovely um, bouncy jumper that I've got. And, like, I can't tell it's it's like air. It's so bouncy, the finished fabric and the yarn to work with. It's just beautiful. Like, if you've never tried working with wool before... It's well worth trying to do some work on different breeds that you might like and finding some mills that you like their work and you like their twist and you like the breeds that they're working with. I know some of you must hear me go on and on about John Arvin Textiles and go, oh my God, she's talking about them again. There's a reason for that. They do wool blends and they do wools and yarns I really love. And when you find something like that that you can really get behind, you kind of stick with it. And that's why... I'm so in love with this jumper. It's just, it's so nice to touch. Yeah, I will be wearing this at shows in 2020. So if you want to come and feel some crocheted up wool, feel free to come and attack me at a show. Come and like hug me and hug my bark sweater. Because I'm just, I'm really loving it. I'm pleased I made the changes I made. Um, because otherwise, I just don't think the sizings sort would of have worked for me. Um, but yeah, loving this jumper. The um designer is a lady called Sidsel Sangild, and um, I can pop a photo up of of um Sidsel because she kindly sent me one over today so that I can show show her off. Um, and it's a really nicely written pattern, and she's got a chart in there as well. And it's really quite intuitive. So once you've got the first 10 rows down, um, then it's just really easy to pick it up and go from there and keep on going. And I also think it's quite adaptable. So you could do a crop version if you wanted. You could do a much longer version. You could even potentially do a dress of this. But I think it would eat quite a lot of yarn if you did. So yeah, lovely pattern. Thoroughly recommend it. If you want to get outside of the small or large size. Then you're going to have to do some work on it. But I am showing you the maths of what I did. And how you could scale up or scale down from that. Um, if you're working on this jumper or one like it. Then I definitely encourage you to not use a starting chain. To join and then start your next round. Um, there, there are neater ways of doing it. And... Um, I thoroughly encourage you to to try one of them and again I've put details in the show notes during the summer I was working on a design which also uses front post and back post um, trebles and I needed to work out a technique for joining and starting a new round that looked like, invisible and that's exactly what I've done so I'll, those details will be added into my project notes um, but if you're doing this type of crochet I suggest going and having a look at that because I think it leads to a neater um, finished object. So I'll take photos and add them to the show notes, but you wouldn't know where my starting um, chain was other than a little bit of <laughs> yarn has just poked up. But if you looked at my project, you wouldn't know where the round starts and ends. It's it's a really tech- neat technique that I have um, developed. So yeah details will be in my in my notes for this project right next month, I will definitely be wearing a bark sweater in Iceland. I will definitely be showing off and wearing a bark sweater. My entire suitcase is just going to be taken up with hand crocheted hand knitted items and food cause food is really expensive in Iceland. I would love to give you a feeling the habit. But there has been no food. I am still on my yarn band, well and truly. And there is nothing that's come to the house that I can tell you about. In the interests of transparency, however, uh, my Christmas yarn did arrive, which Matthew has bought for me. That's my Christmas present. And normally that wouldn't have happened, but... The um, the yarn that he's bought me is from a shop up in Lancaster that shut down. She's now shutting down the online shop. And she had had her own yarn spun at Laxton's Mill in Yorkshire. And when that's gone, it's gone. And I had bought two skeins of it in two different colours and don't know what to do with it. So what Matthew has done is bought me more of that yarn so that I now have a jumper's quantity. So that will be my Christmas present and it literally arrived and I checked through the yarn to make sure it was okay and handed it back to him and it's disappeared and gone and I will not see that until Christmas Day. So I can't share it with you because I'm not allowed and I will show it to you in the January podcast and you can see I mean it's mustard, obviously and it's British breeds, obviously and it's spun in Britain, obviously but I may have snuck in some finished wool as well. All for Christmas. <laughs> but nothing else, literally nothing else. I have had my head down designing um, a load of socks that I'm doing a big project on, so that's partly why I've just been like knit, 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 knit knitting away at these socks for weeks now, because I have to get them all finished before I go to Iceland. So, nothing for feeding the habit let me just oh, oh yeah, polish my halo <laughs> um, so on to quick news beats the next global hookup is going to be um November the 23rd and the 24th of November, just said that didn't I I mean still November, it didn't change in those couple of seconds did it it may have to change though. that's what I was thinking about and that's why I got distracted there's every chance I'm going away that weekend. So I'll give you plenty of warning if I have to change it. And then the one after that is December the 14th and the 15th. So, um, and I also wanted to offer out because if you're on your own, Christmas can be like not the most fun time of year. We're not going away anywhere this year. We're literally chilling out, having a nice um, very relaxed pajama fire on kind of a day, pizzas for dinner in our pizza oven. So that's our Christmas day. But I am more than happy to do a global hookup for an hour at some point on Christmas Day or Boxing Day if anybody wants it. So if Christmas sucks for you. If you don't have friends and family around and you just would like a little bit of human contact and somebody that you can sit and craft with for an hour on either or both of those days, just drop me a line and I will happily have a little mini global hookup so that we can all gather together and the people that are a little bit more remote or um, have got a much quieter year for whatever reason, drop my eye and let me know and I'll happily pull together a time when we can craft on Christmas Day. I don't want anybody to be lonely basically I think that sounds awful so um, if for whatever reason that's going to be you and you would like to come and craft with me for an hour then let me know God that breaks my heart the idea that somebody would be in that position right um, the next bit is that I have chosen winners. When I say chosen, I have randomly number generated the winners for the Bear Bear pins, um, which came from, I bought them from Bernie at Bean and Sheep's Clothing. These are her little um, polar bears with a kilt on. <laughs> Love them. So the winners are um, Stephen, who's the um, artsy pescatarian. I've already heard back from him because I've got in touch with everybody today Stephen was our winner on Instagram on um, Podbean it's Maria Kaiser and I've already heard back from her because I managed to track her down on Instagram and on YouTube it was Anna and Anna hello she's just messaged me back just before I started recording so I have got everybody's um, names and addresses and unlike Sockgate last year, by the end of this month, all. of those prizes but end of this month well that's tomorrow. So yeah by the end of this month all of those prizes will be gone and I will have been a good little pod person and done what I meant to do which is send out prizes. So so if you're one of those winners well done to you and thank you to everybody else for entering. I always pick the winners through a random number generator so I go through see how many people have commented Pop that into the website and then that comes up with who wins. So that's that's how I work out who gets what from um, Podbean, Instagram and YouTube. On to J'adore. <laughs> so I mentioned uh, a little bit ago that I've been working on this massive sock project. Which means that I've wanted something on in the background. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of podcasters. I am um, like, listen to a lot of business books and business podcasts, but sometimes you just want something that's not actually work related. And of course, last night was the final of the Great British Bake Off, and I am, I love GBBO. But what's really cool is my friend has put me onto There's a Great Australian Bake Off, and it is amazing. It's funny. I mean, GBBO is funny as well, but I think the Australians are funnier. They're allowed to swear, kind of. I mean, like, not really rude stuff, but they're allowed to swear on TV. It's very not BBC. (sighs) This is not the BBC version that we had. Um, They're amazing bakers, and they just, yeah, their personalities are just brilliant. So I've already watched season, can't get season one. I've watched season two. I've got the finale of season 3 tonight and I've got season 4 lined up and season 5 is aiding at the moment so I'm a little bit addicted to the great Australian bake-off or as it is in my head, Gabbo. But I would like to know for those of you that are listening from different countries do you have great whatever bake-offs? I need more in my life. British bake-off has just finished last night I'm going to quickly get through the Australian version, so what else does it air? I need more I need I need more bake off in my life. I love that people are so creative with their makes um, and that it's not wool related, <laughs> it's something totally different for me. Um yeah, let me know. Do you have bake-off where you are? And finally, big up. Um big up has to go to the crochet clan. <laughs> For always coming to my aid when I ask you a question over on Instagram or if I ask you a question here you always give me such amazing feedback and really answer the questions I've got and it's so helpful because it means that when I pull together a blog post either for the podcast or for my shop blog I mean that's where I host them all but I do different blogs for different things it means I'm doing it from a place of knowledge because you've already given me so much information back Um, and yeah, Crochet Clan you're just amazing, thank you for that because it just it means I can create a wider piece that hopefully is more thought provoking and is more representative of our community rather than just what I think it is and you always bring things to the table that I never would have thought about and it's really helpful so thank you for that I was asked recently, I was doing a little bit of training and I was asked what my role with the podcast is and interestingly my answer was a thought leader which sounds a bit like jargon, business and that's not what I mean by it but I want this podcast, I always wanted it to be fun but also informative I I don't want to just be showing off and I got this rule and I got this rule. You know, I want you to be learning skills as I learn skills and thinking about the community as I think about the community and, and we're developing together. And, um, yeah, so that's why I put thought leader. But I can only be a thought leader in part because of the input that I get from you. So thank you very much for that. Pick up the crochet Clan. Right I think I'm finished. I think I'm off to go and quickly try and edit a podcast before I go to my pottery class maybe sit and crochet on a bark jumper a little more because I love it. Um, yeah, I think I'm finwidd. So I will see you all in a month's time think the next podcast is due on the 1st of December it's always the first Friday of the month and I generally have everything ready to go for 10 o'clock in the morning if it's late it's not my fault it means it's usually YouTube flaming YouTube um, but yeah 10 o'clock on a Friday, first Friday of every month is when I go live so have a lovely month I will see you all in Instagram land and on the chatter thread for Rip Whip 2019. And yeah, I think that's it. Have a lovely November! See you soon! pressure. Hold on a second. I bet you want to see what's in my box. Do you want to see what's in my box? hearts oh there are uh, sassy I need a way of photographing the socks that I'm working on <laughs> and in particular I need to make I'm going to photograph them all out in Iceland and I need something that's lightweight but that I can stand up like, in a beach and pretend it's a human foot I'm not entirely sure that that looks like a human foot but I'll I might have to shave bits off or see what I can do with them. Um, Have you ever tried photographing your own feet with socks on? It doesn't work. Particularly doesn't work when you're trying to show off a design, so I've got funky feet to try and make work. It looks like it's in a high-heeled shoe. That's what was in my box. That could be a whole new segment to the podcast. What's in my box? Come on, Claude out the shot. If you're not modelling, you're not working. Is that better? Yes it is. Right. I have an itchy eye. That doesn't bode well. Get on with it. Um, I always do it on num- num- random... N- I always do it on random number generation.